Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we got a great one for you today. We got Risa Binder coming on. She's done some really great things, and she's definitely doing some great things. She's got a great voice, and I can't wait to talk about her story and parts of her music. So, Risa, are you here? I'm here. Thank you. How are you? And Sandy, are you here? I forget to ask you. Yeah, yes, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so as we get started here one thing i usually like to talk with is the big elephant in the room how is covid how have you been handling covid um as an artist it's been you know challenging but i I say this to all my artist friends too and I'll, i'll get specific in a second but you have to keep creating because that's just part of who you are So, you know, I have been writing and writing on um, Skype and Zoom writes. Also, though, you know, my the live music is stopped. Um, so I've done some live streaming. But to really make ends meet since touring was my main way, um, I ended up I'm, I'm doing Zoom um, voice lessons and acting lessons with kids and adults while oh, wow. we wait for the shows to pick up. Yeah. And so <laughs> how often... Thank God people are, you know, I have about 14 students and I mm-hmm. pick like I'm, I teach Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, and then I write Monday, Wednesday, sometimes on Saturday. So it's like, it's, it's a nice balance at the moment, but obviously I cannot wait to get back on the road. And what's so cool <laughs> is we, we did a, oh yeah, I know, we did a live stream last week with the Bear Music Festival, which is a festival that happens mm-hmm. in California um, but it was the coolest Zoom I've ever done because they oh, could scan, well. they could pan to the audience. So I got to uh-huh. actually see people that were watching us. It was cool. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's pretty cool and all that. You know, like, like for us, you know, I remember when we first launched the show in January, plan was 80 to 100 interviews first year. That was the plan. Well, when the virus went down, that plan kind of got scratched because I told Sandy, I was like, you know what? We're in, we might be a new show, but this is our time to shine. I was like, all Ooh. these artists are going to need a place to talk. And yep. instead of 80 to 100, we just need to do as many interviews as we can and just build the foundation for this year. And that's what we've done. And because of that, you're our 185th interview. That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> wonderful. Thanks for having me. That's truly great. And I think, I think in time, hard times require us mm-hmm. to, to like continue to push through to do what it is that we do. Cause it's just, mm-hmm. it's in our blood. It's in our yeah. blood to do it. You know, we just have to yeah. keep going. And so, yeah. And, and you know, I think we, we launched at the right time too, right before the virus happened because, because there's a window where all the artists were available. And because of that, it built a solid foundation for us with some big artists, bigger artists too, it which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, because a lot, a lot of states are reopening and stuff like that and things, and now artists are starting to get a little busier. But we already built our foundation now, so it's pretty cool that, that even as it starts to go, people are going to still want to come on our show, where – if we didn't have the virus and we didn't do as much as we did, who knows? We might not, we, we might not even be at maybe 30 or 40 interviews right now. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? It's like, I do think that some, you know, some creative dreams are definitely being realized during this time. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Wonderful. So as we get started before we really dig deep, I always like to start light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? I love to, well, I love to bake, and I wish I could. I wish I could tell you that I have done a lot of my hobbies, but I do have a two-year-old. So right now, my hobby, my hobby is finding. It's finding safe, fun things to do outside of the home because she's two and she has to go out. So we have found some pretty some pretty secluded fun places to pretend that are playgrounds and things like that. So, but besides, besides yeah. that, so I love, I love to be outside. I love to, um, especially living in Nashville, there's a bunch of places you could take a hike or discover, you know, lakes and things like that. So I've been trying to during this time, like go to new places I haven't been before, but I love to bake and I love 
to um, go to coffee shops than I've ever been to before. I'm a big, 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 big foodie. Yeah. And so um, yeah. those are my two major things, I think. <laughs> right. So what would you say is something quirky about you? I think I'm 100% quirky. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, truly, and I see this now in my daughter, what's quirky about mm-hmm. me is that I – Everything is a song. It doesn't matter. If I have to do the dishes, I'm like, I'm cleaning the dishes today. And then my daughter's like, dishes, dishes. Like, she started singing. So I'm like, I don't, oh. even realize those. I don't even realize that I'm doing it. So that's definitely something quirky about me. I think, like, my life is probably a musical, and I don't realize it, but I, it just is. What's funny is, what's funny with, with our 17-month-old daughter, she was in the, um, her crib by the bed earlier. And she likes to pull on the sheet if there's something on top of the bed to get it to her. She oh, already yeah. figured out she can she can pull the sheet to to get stuff to, to get it on the bed. Down too. And we mm-hmm. weren't in there, and she pulls um, Sandy's nightgown and actually had it half on. Are you? Yes, curious? she did all by herself. She's already playing dress up with my clothes. She's seventeen. <laughs> she's, so, she's so smart. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> oh, Sandy we yelled out and said, said Chris you've got to come see what you, what Caitlin has done <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I'm thinking uh oh <laughs> like that could be anything <laughs> oh my gosh I love that it's I fun. love watching their, their personalities start to come through uh-huh. so cool mm-hmm. yeah. so cool so if um tell everybody a little bit of where you're from and kind of a brief background overview of you because I like to get to know the person not just the artist thank you I love this this is so fun um yeah so I'm from Maryland originally I'm from Columbia Maryland and it was a huge arts town which looking back I loved I mean all of our teachers pushed us to be creative and so I would always like I would always write songs about like about like boys I had crushes on or whatever and my parents you know I'd be sitting at the piano I'd, I'd be like at the piano my mom would be like who's that about and I'm like no one it would be like I'm like no one you don't know them you don't know them um and you know just continue to write everything was a song I think from when I was super little um actually I tell mm-hmm. the story because it's so true I grew up around oh. like I grew up around all boys and I really 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 wanted like a girl to move in next door. Like I grew up, you know, my neighborhood at all boys. And it, I, I love playing with them. But uh, so I remember I had a little playroom and I was singing out my playroom window. I wish a girl would move next door, whatever I was. And about a week later, six girls moved next door. And I said, I was like, did, I, did music do that? I was like, music is magic because music made that happen. you know. And, and so from an early age, I just, I just thought, music was magical. And so, yeah, I grew Uh up in Maryland. I grew up in Maryland and I, um, you know, I stay, I, I, um, I worked at a dinner theater. I grew up in the theater basically. And I saved enough Mm -hmm. money to move to New York city. Um, but I would always come to Nashville to my story about Nashville. I would come and sit in the back church pews of the bluebird cafe and, Uh um, one time I sat there, the first time I ever went to Bluebird, it was all Garth Brooks writers, but not Garth Brooks. And I got to hear the songs <laughs> sung oh, wow. by the writers. Oh, my God. By the writers. And one of the guys who wrote the song, The Dance, was singing. Uh-huh. And I just remember, I was like, how do I get to do that? Because this is magical, you know. And so uh-huh. my my story is just that I, was, I, I grew up on stage, but I started to songwrite and would come down to Nashville and just would, I felt like Nashville would be like my graduate school. That's what it felt like to me. And so I kept coming down here and then it was weird. I had like a knowing, like I, I, I love signs and I had a couple of really huge signs happen to me pointing me Mm -hmm. here. And I feel like, like I was waiting that you guys, you guys will be moving here too. And I know, I know that Nashville calls people. Like I know that it does. It's just magic that way. And so you have to kind of, listen to that call and come, you know. <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, you talk about the dance. Do you, do, you, do you know the story of how that got started? Because I do. Oh, tell me. Um, I, now, this is a story I've heard, and, and uh, several people I know that I've told this to said, oh, yeah, that, that's definitely what happened. But from what I understand, and, in fact, the, the um, writer of that song, the dance, actually lives in Tybee, used to live in Tybee Island out here where we live by Savannah, Georgia. But he was 
it was after he already moved to Nashville and all that, and and he was up there playing um, that song. I don't know if it was the Bluebird or what. I, that part I don't know the which place, but it was one of the songwriting places. And this guy walks up to him at the end and says, "Look, I'm in Nashville to get signed, and when I get signed, I want to cut that song." And that was Garth Brooks. I just. I mean, is that unbelievable? It gives me chills because, and here, here's what's so phenomenal. I'll tell you, I mean, my, 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 my bluebird story, that that's unbelievable. And like, I, I, you know, I would, I would go to the bluebird and sit in the church pews and I was like, you know, one day I, I love to perform here and I love signs. Uh-huh. And I, as I said, like I was living in Brooklyn and I was coming back and forth to Nashville and I got on a plane one time from New York to come to Nashville and there was two seats left and I sat next to a woman who I was very nosy and leaned over and saw that she was typing <laughs> on her computer. She was typing on her computer, and it said Beth Nielsen Chapman. And that's the woman that wrote this kiss for Faith Hill. Oh, and wow. I didn't know. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. So I'm like, are you Beth Nielsen Chapman? And she was like, yes. And I'm like, please come. I was oh, wow. like, tell me about I'm like, tell me about your life, you know? And she told me her story, how everybody passed over on this kiss. This kiss was seven years old before it became a hit song. And um, we just kept talking. And you just never know who comes into your life for what reason. You just don't. You just kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, you just don't know. And so at the end of that plane ride, you know, we exchanged numbers. And then two months later, she asked me to be her guest at the Bluebird. So the first time I performed at the Bluebird was because Beth Nielsen Chapman asked me, and she's like, I met this girl on a plane. I'm like, I am crying right now. Like, I was just, it was like the most, ma- you know, I feel like that was my you need to be here moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so cool. You know, you're talking about the signs. That's how we feel, too. Um, for years, we've been wanting to kind of move to Jacksonville, Florida. That That's just felt like where we were supposed to be. But we could never make, like, meaningful connections because we don't live in Savannah. So it was like two hours. We go to Jacksonville all the time. I mean, we just love the area. In fact, I always tell people that Jacksonville, Florida, is the best-kept secret of Florida because nobody thinks about Jacksonville when they think of Florida. So it's the best-kept secret. And um, But we could never make, like, meaningful friendships and all that there. And I, and even though we weren't living there yet, I was like, you know, we go there so much, we should be able to create something. Everything we try to create there – doesn't pan out and and i guess it was about eight months maybe a year ago i was telling sandy i said says you know god might have another plan for us because mm-hmm. we're trying to push and push and push for jacksonville but yet if we look over here 90 percent of our contacts are in nashville i'm like maybe wow. god has a plan and we just didn't know it and we weren't listening and and we're sitting there like Trying to trying to push this wall down, and God was like, "No, this is where you're supposed to be." And <laughs> just try here, just try here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it's so funny because that I felt similarly. Like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, and this is what how I feel about Nashville too. I feel like mm-hmm. Nashville is kind of the Olympics of what you do, especially for songwriters. All the gold medalists are here, right? And it's like when I go mm-hmm. when I go into a write or what I'm ready to learn. Like I'm just ready and willing mm-hmm. to let whatever's meant to happen in this write happen. And it, it always ends up just I just keep I know I keep saying magical a million times in this conversation, but <laughs> that's the only way that's the only way I can describe what it's like when you feel like you're in the right place at the right time, you know. And so yeah. I just feel like like and that's why your idea in this show that we're I'm talking on right now is so welcome here because I feel like you can grow your ideas here a hundred percent. And, um, and mm-hmm. if you look, you have, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's so yeah. You know, what's funny. I always joke. I always joke on Facebook that we're probably the most connected people to Nashville. Who's never been there. <gasps> well, come yeah. on. Let's, uh, when, when are you coming? <laughs> we're, 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 we're hoping to visit in October. If, we if hope so. We're getting, trying to plan. If things get October. semi-normal, we're planning on coming, uh, you know, for four or five days in October. If things get yeah. semi-normal, yeah. we at least want the Nashville experience. We don't have to have it all, but at least somewhat <laughs> of a Nashville experience. <laughs> we do. Well, you know, when but, you do come, this is like such a sign up. But when you do come, whenever you know, let me know. But also, my friends run, mm-hmm. my friends run Beck and 
homes. They have 45 Airbnbs mm. that are nice houses. And oh, well. if you need a place to stay, please let me know because they are amazing hosts. And and I, I, I absolutely love Airbnb. And when I travel, I try to stay at Airbnbs. But <clears throat> if you're looking for a place, love it. let me know. Well, thank you. We, we, <laughs> we will definitely do that. So, as you know, as you know, a lot of people, they see the artist, they see the glory like of a Blake Shelton, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices that it takes to get to not just that level, but any level in music. It takes a lot from an artist, and people don't see that. And I always like to go there. You know, we can, we'll talk about the highs in, in a little while, but I always like to go to the lows side first because I, I think it's important to talk about this because nobody does. And I want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm going to tell a quick story of where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. And I remember, I'll never forget the answer she gave. She said, coming from someone full-time, this is going to sound funny, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then please go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, the day you want it to be a career, your life changes, has to, because you no longer own your life. The passion owns your life from this point. And she mm-hmm. said that your friends and relatives will never understand. They invite you to weddings. They invite you to weekends. They invite you to holidays. But you have gigs. You have people depending on you. So it said a lot of times your friends like, well, this is a wedding. You can just cancel that gig. And they don't understand that there's 20, 30 people depending on that gig. If you quit, you just let down 30 people. And they don't, they'll, and they don't understand that. Then there's days where you don't feel like doing anything. But yet you've got to get on that stage at night and smile like there's no tomorrow. Then your family has to sacrifice, you know, not just the artist, but the whole family if the artist is all in. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she just is 100% right. <laughs> um, I mean, I can totally go there. I mean, I've, I've been on this journey for 20 years, 15, 20 years, and – Um, and it's a long time and there've been some amazing highs and what's crazy is, you know, I, this is, I I don't know that, yes, there are lows and lows and it's just really, really Mm -hmm. hard work because you're constantly trying to be, you want people to remember who you are and you work hard in the, and really that comes through your songs. Um, and your, your song should be memorable. And you're, when you're done one piece of work, one EP, one, you know, one five song EP, one <laughs> 10 song record, whatever you do, you, you know, you, you then promote, I mean, you know, you do the grind is the grind. I happen to really yeah. enjoy the, I love the grind. If I literally, and you know, this is even, this is pre baby and after baby. And I, I mean, like, here's the grind. <laughs> I gave, I, I gave birth and I, at seven weeks, when she was seven weeks, I had to get in a, van and drive for two weeks to do a tour with my husband while breastfeeding. I mean, it was great, you know, but the thing is (laughs) I was, I was exhausted, but I loved it. (laughs) I loved it because I was, because I was able to, I mean, it was, it was really hard and, you know, but I was able to, and she may not remember it, but I still think that she, I sang, I have this song called U-Haul that I, I did a a radio tour. And we'll be playing that later. Oh, yay. When I was pregnant with her, I tra- I traveled every week till I was 36 weeks pregnant, and we wow. went to every radio station imaginable. And that, my favorite part <laughs> is meeting is meeting people in the communities. I mean, the grind is the grind. There's nothing yeah. There's nothing glamorous at all about the grind, but I actually like to get my hands dirty. But that is the advice that she gave Allison Steele, right? I know her. I mean, I I yeah. know her only through like seeing. She's a hard <laughs> worker and is is so true i mean they tell you that in school too i went to school for for theater for acting and it's they're like if you love anything else go do that um and the truth is along the journey you kind of do do other things while you're waiting i mean there Mm -hmm. are there are ebbs and flows to your creative process so you Mm -hmm. could be you, you finish your record then you're promoting your record, and that's when you're doing all the shows and things like that. Then there's a whole long yeah. wait for the next. Like I'm on my next <laughs> record, 
but I'm writing. Uh, you don't get the, you don't find the songs right away, or you don't write the songs right away. It takes months to work mm. through what what it is you want to say, all these different things. And but that's the but so I learned through all these years to be to try to be comfortable. I'm it, it's hard for me. I want to go mm. go go, but be comfortable in the <laughs> season that in the season that you're in. Get comfortable because you're in that season, right? Yeah. And you're. And I'm a big journal person, so I, and I'm a big affirmations person, so I'll I'll look mm-hmm. ahead and I'll say, here's what I want the next three months to look at. I'll make about three or four gentle, easy goals. I'll say, I want my mm. next EP to be done. I want there to be like the promo plan behind it, and you know, and I want to figure out how we're going to tour. And you know, COVID or no COVID, these things you find a way because now you're quote unquote tour in the next six months will be live streams mm-hmm. to get people to know who you are, you know? And so it, it always like ebbs and flows. Um, but again, you know, if it's in your, I really do. I don't know why, but it was like in my blood since when I was three or four years old and singing and making up songs, I have, to, there's like nothing else I can do <laughs> that would make me as happy as being on stage with my band. Who's like family here, you know, mm-hmm. um, telling, telling stories, to, to the people listening and uh, there's nothing to me that's that's the best way I can communicate to people that I love them you know and I, and I love that I, you know and music I think music is medicine I think music is healing and I think music is like cooking a four course meal for someone I wish I could do that <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like but I can sing to you for two hours you know and and that is you know, that's the best way I can I can explain yeah, it. <laughs> you know, and I love that. And I've always heard this quote, and I feel this way too. But I've always heard that I didn't choose music; it chose me. And I truly believe that for me, because I'm, you know, almost 18 years ago when Sandy and I married, I was one of these people that wanted to be a speaker and all. I, you know, I I listen to motivational tapes 24/7. I mean, she listens to music 24/7. She wanted in the music industry in some way. She just didn't know how. And here it is. We met, so we had to come to a compromise. I mean, you, we're in the car. What do you, what do we do? You know, you can't listen to both. So we kind of did 50/50 split, where we listen to my stuff 50% of the time, her stuff 50% of the time. So I always kind of joke and say, yeah, she brainwashed me in all this music stuff. Uh, <laughs> but here it well, is. Well, look at what almost. Yeah. 18 years later, and we feel like God placed all this on us because we went through so many different things through these years that prepared us for where I'm still getting to speak, just to, just not the same platform I thought, and she's getting to have her music fixed, and here we are all under one envelope that, that we, we were able to combine both our passions and Sandy Show. Oh, I love that. And that's not a mistake at all. You're right. That's like, that's like divine intervention. That's what that is. That's you exactly. Like you said, 50% of her stuff, 50% of your stuff. And now you're doing it. I mean, and you know, and, and that's, what's crazy is people, you know, there, I, there, I, there is no such thing as an overnight success that that overnight success took eight, 10, 12, 15 years. That's it. Mm-hmm. And and even when you see the success of that person, there's still a road ahead of them after that success to keep them climbing, yep. climbing, climbing. And I just had to write like a couple of weeks ago. I, I love this, these two people I write with a ton now. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I said, well, I haven't gotten to where I want to be yet. And he said, mm-hmm. well, when do you ever really get, when do you get, when you're at where you <laughs> want to be, don't you want to be someplace else? And I was like, oh, you're right. You know, like, and I, and that's, so that's enjoy the journey. Part. Yes, enjoy the journey. That's an artist's heart, and you have an artist's heart too, just for speaking, you know, for what you're doing. So that's it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, it's, and it has been a crazy journey because, you know, a lot of people see the show as 185 interviews in the first seven months, and they think that, you know, hey, we just popped up on this bandwagon, and they don't get that, you know, we actually started this journey probably in 2013, it's about seven years ago, where Sam and I started. Because, again, she always followed my dreams. So I was like, you know what, let's follow your dreams. She always wanted to be a songwriter and stuff like that. And we can't play music, but we can write lyrics. <laughs> and so, so I was like, well, let's write together um, and all that. We started. We did like 300 songs first year of lyrics. Oh, my goodness. Lyrics, and we really enjoyed that together. And it's funny because um, that led to the launching of New Country Buzz, which in, t- in 2014 – which we end up letting go in 2015 because it just got too much. 
And then by 2018, I, I was like, you know what? Newcountrybuzz.com is still available. I feel like we're supposed to relaunch and just and just finish what we started. Sandy was, Sandy was like, let's do it, you know. So we relaunched then because I, I felt like something was missing because once music's in you, it's in you. Because like I said, it found me. I didn't find it. I had no intentions yeah. of being part of the music industry ever. And, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, here it is. We're deep down, and then we now we got this crazy show, and I'm sitting here like, oh my god! So so even though it looks to some people it looks like we're seven months to the, the success that we've had so far, it's been a seven year journey to get to where we are. Yep, and that's like you know, and you should feel really really good about that. And and that's you know, I have a lot of conversations with friends um, who are in different places of their journey here mm-hmm. in Nashville and, and even coming from New York, I have friends that are on Broadway and whatever else. And they're telling me their journeys too. And, and no yeah. one journey looks the same, but I do believe this, yeah. that like, like if you're on your road and you stay in your lane and you keep going down your road and you're really specific about what it is you want, you're going to get it, you know, because you've worked hard and you've focused on it and you deserve it. And that's for any person. Um, it's just Ain't about, that. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, talking about the journey side and all that and like, you know, and the sacrifice, which we've done, you know, now let's talk about what, where that sacrifice leads. When you look at your career so far, what are some moments where you look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that. Oh my gosh. Two stand out. So, so uh-huh. Far above the rest. One is, um, I got to open for James Taylor, um, which was oh, wow. unbe- which was unbelievable because of how it happened. And I tell this to mm-hmm. any, any independent artist. I I tell this story because it's crazy. I just saw like. I was looking through a book that had like festivals and I saw the word Sunfest and I immediately, I'm like, I'm going to play that. I'm, it's in Florida. <laughs> I live in, I lived in Brooklyn at the time. It's in West Palm beach. And I just called the booker, sent stuff and he sent stuff back and through talking and sending my press kit or whatever it ended up that I ended up opening for him, which I couldn't believe. Oh, wow. And I'm there. Um, it's an outdoor show. I tell the story a lot because it's so I think it's so funny. It's outdoor. You're you're performing for about 30, 40 minutes. You're looking out at the people, but you're also looking at these gorgeous boats going by. I mean, like, the scene is amazing. So when I get finished, my I get I get finished my set. I'm 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 so so like on a high from it. I think because it was just such a dream that I'm walking down the stairs and James Taylor's walking towards me and he's like, Lisa, he's like, great job out there. He's like, how how was it out there tonight? And the only thing I could think of the time, I, I go, it's windy. That's all I, I, I panicked. And the only thing I could, he's like, it's windy. I'm like, it's windy, but you're amazing. I don't even know what I'm saying. I have no idea what I'm saying. You're just, I don't even know what I'm, but like, it was just one of those moments that he was like laughing or whatever. And I'm like, oh, have a great set. I, I, I just, it was just so insane. And then the next moment that stands out is, you know, I, is, is opening for Ronnie Millsap and I, oh, wow. he, he let me, this was insane. So basically I thought it was going to be one night of opening for him. He mm-hmm. was getting inducted into the songwriters hall of fame. Um, this was maybe four years ago now, three or four years ago woo, time. And right when I moved here or right, I had been living in Nashville for about a year and then got this opportunity where his manager was like, sure, he needs an opener for um, the country music hall of fame. So if you could just open for him tonight and then he'll listen and decide, he'll listen and decide if you can open for him. And I'm like, Oh, oh wow. right. Okay. No pressure. Okay. And so I just kind of was like, this is an amazing opportunity. And you know, that's where your band, who's like your family, it's like I, I had my band on stage with me. It wasn't just me and one person. It was like a big sound. Mm-hmm. We did our thing, and it turned out we got to open for him. We did it for about two and a half years, which is crazy. And we would still oh, – wow. we had we had a date because of COVID. Every now and again, we'll, I'll look on the calendar and be like, hey, can we jump on? And we're like, come on, you know, but it was it got canceled. But I'm hoping, you know, next oh, wow. year – I mean, he's still going yeah. out and performing, and, and his band – became I love this his fans became some of them became fans of, of me and if you ever look mm-hmm. on my Facebook page there's one super fan of Ronnie's um <laughs> I tell this story um you know Ronnie Millsap is blind 
and he uh-huh. is 75 or 76 now. Um, and mm-hmm. I love the story. His wife, Joyce, they've been married for over 50, 50 years. And she wow. said he didn't, he didn't know when he was smiling. He didn't know what in pictures. So she said, if you say the number 29, you're smiling 29. So every time he has meet and greet with every person, he'll go 29, 29, because he knows he's smiling. And so when you see in my Facebook, if someone writes 29, that's a super fan of Ronnie's telling me, like, have a good day or have a good show. Or, and so those are, like, standout moments. It's performing to hundreds. I've sometimes, I mean, festivals, I don't know, there are thousands of people I did. I mean, in, in Wisconsin, I did a mm-hmm. festival with him. It's just, like, it's, like, living my dream. So right. those two things truly stand out to me. I love that. And we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and play your song U-Haul and talk about that. How's that sound? Okay. This is dreamy. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hang on the line. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the sports guys podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. From last week, they won't be piled in the kitchen sink. Throw in your tools and clothes on the lawn. All my girls getting our drinking, packing, party on. We'll pack it up. with your 45 your poker table
the, but, the button double clicked on me. <laughs> the, the system was like, I ain't had enough. Oh, I love that song too. Thank you. So much fun to write. <laughs> yes, great song. Thank you. So that tell, song is so much so tell fun. Tell us how that yeah. came on. Um, so I had the title for a while and mm-hmm. I was waiting to write it with people who had like this silly sense of humor because I had an idea about uh-huh. it. But then I sat down, one of my friends, Vanessa Oliveras, um, is hilarious. And I thought she would be great. And then she pulled in another friend of hers and the three of us, uh-huh. uh, Kyle, we just, we just had a great time and we wrote it. I, it and, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know if other writers are telling you this process, but, like, when a song kind of comes out easy like that, you kind of get a feeling about it. <laughs> it it took, like, maybe an hour and a half to two hours to write, and it was just, like, mm-hmm. done. And we, I'm like, this feels special, you know? <laughs> and so it was uh-huh. fun, and um, it was really fun to shoot the music video because we got to pretend to trash a person's <laughs> house that we, of course, cleaned back up, but really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I talk about quick things. You know, one of the things that we do also with our show is we have um, a segment called the Melodic Challenge where we ask for three topics from an artist, um, and they give us three topics. We choose one of the topics, and we write lyrics around that topic, and then they have 24 hours to make a song. What? And, that sounds fun. And, and we've done three of them so far. And all three of them have finished the song in under three hours. In fact, two of them was like, I think one of them, a girl named Taylor D out of Texas, she was like, um, oh, I did it in 20 minutes. Oh, my God. We were like, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so fun. Oh, my gosh. And it's really, and it's really cool when we create the lyrics and they're, they're like um, we did Ashlyn Grace was the very first one we did with. And mm-hmm. it was really cool when she said that um, – she texted us almost immediately that when she read the lyrics. She goes, oh, I already got a melody. She says, your lyrics already brought a melody to my mind. That not that the coolest thing? Uh, at, uh-huh. You know, in, in a writing session, too, like, you kind of know and you learn from doing it, like, what your strengths are in the room. Are you a lyric uh-huh. person? Are you a melody person? And um, for me, I'm, I'm a melody person, um, but I, I'm an idea mm-hmm. and melody person, and so – I'll usually come into a write and I'll have three or four ideas. Maybe they'll pick it, maybe they won't, but we and we start from nothing, but I really like melody a lot. <laughs> so yeah, that's so cool. Really cool idea. So yeah. We do and again, I always told Sandy one day I'll have something we write on the radio and never knew how it would come to be and this is just another step that was fun that that you know, again, not saying anything will ever come out of these artist challenges, but you know what? It was fun yeah. for us. It's fun for the artists. And we enjoy so That's really what it matters. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so cool. I love that you do that. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> you should participate in one of them. Oh, I'm down. Uh, please send me. I, I would love to do it. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. <laughs> okay. We'll, oh, awesome. we'll definitely mark you yeah. down on that one. So okay, one cool. thing I like to do on our, you know, one thing I like to do on our show that I think needs more of, too, is, you know, I always like to try to be a little different on our show. It's one thing I've noticed, you know, fans, they see you as the artist or like the Blake Shelton's and Miranda's, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the managers. They don't see the producers or any of that, you know, so they don't get no love. And I think they deserve love, you know, because behind the scenes, they do all the grunt work. So I always like to let the artist take a couple minutes. But just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, my gosh. I would be nothing without all of these people. And I'll start with Warehouse Records, which is out of Virginia. And they believed in me over 12 years ago. They've Maybe even 15 years ago, we've been a team. And they just kind of helped me get settled here in Nashville, figure out what songs I'm going to do. But they helped find the producer that I've been working with on all my records, who is Luke Wooten. He owns Station West Recording Studios, which is in Barry Helen, Nashville. And he's probably the most humble person I've ever met. Um, he's a, a renaissance man. And what I mean by that is he can do anything. He can 
rebuild his home, which he has done. He can record people like Brad Paisley, Dirk Bentley. He did the steel driver's record. It goes on and on for what he's done. <laughs> and then and then he found me the apartment I bought. Like he's like a I'm oh, just well. like <laughs> you just don't know how he, you know, and uh, and he'll of course when you work in Nashville with a producer, they pull mm-hmm. in their guys as players to play on your records. So, like fantastic people who played on my records. Um, one of them who stands out, all uh, uh, the pedal steel on my record is Dan Dugmore, mm-hmm. who is I don't know if you've heard of him, but he mm-hmm. is a gem of a human being, and his. Pedal Steel was on uh, Dina Carter's Strawberry Wine, was on, mm-hmm. um, oh, my gosh, Blue By You. Um, uh-huh. Like, that's him. Like, and um, oh, wow. I, just, I love hearing the stories. of He tells wonderful, wonderful stories. And mm-hmm. so um, them and then every interview, you know, I've ever gotten, probably besides this one, because this came in a different way, but he's through um, <laughs> Rogers and Cow, and I work with Lori. Uh, she has a very yeah, long last awesome. name, so uh, Lori, <laughs> I'm going to screw it up, but Lucerarian Hakala, that's her name. She has, we've been <laughs> friends now. She's amazing. We, we've worked together for over three years, and, you know, those what's crazy is, you know, I don't know, I, I've, it's it's wonderful to have a PR person actually believe in you as an artist, not just do it because yeah. that's their job. Yeah. And I feel like she, who, who I mean, I'm still an up and coming artist, even though I've been doing this for a long time. I'm still an up and coming artist, and she would go out for interviews that are way above what mm-hmm. where I'm at. Like iHeart Radio, iHeart, they flew. Me. I got to go to um New York to sing for the corporate offices, and I became like an artist about to break, which is. It was me and Cam, and Cam is unbelievable. And it just opportunities that she's found for me are beyond anything that I could have ever done, ever done by myself. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just she's she's unbelievable. So Lori, Luke, Warehouse Records, and you know, I've had managers in the past. I am actually looking for new management at the, at the moment, but I've had managers in the past that have just believed and been there through it all, and. You know, at the end of the day, you know, those it, the producer hears what you're singing and then creates a, the magic, you know. And so, yeah. and so every, right now, every Wednesday, I'll go to Station West Recording Studios and I'll sit in the rehearsal room and just kind of work through my next record and what it's sounding mm-hmm. like. And I'm getting I'm getting all the songs ready to then show Luke like what I have so he can tell me how he feels about it. And, um, but you know, I mean, just, I, I just, it, it's so crazy to like say, you know, I want to live in Nashville someday and then be here and have a recording uh-huh. studio that you love that you can go. It's just like, it, the list goes on and on, but like uh-huh. you can't do any of this without the team behind you. And, and what I'm really yeah. excited about is, oh, oh my God, hold on. So every Leslie Fram at CMT, mm-hmm. Leslie Fram <laughs> is just, I'm sure you've heard this from other artists. She is just so unbelievable. And when she roots for you, mm-hmm. just incredible things happen. So she put yeah. my, my last single on CMT.com called you came along. And then we just spoke uh, last week about she's going to help you know, with the next steps in my team in the new year when things open up a little bit more. So you just, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, there are no words for her. She helps so many people. She's such an angel in this town. And there are so many, you know, just, I just can't say enough about her. You know? wow. um, so, yeah, that's cool. I, my team. I love that. Love that. Um, and we kind of have a third co-host, as we always say, our little eight-year-old. He always bring him on and ask one question to each other. Oh, artist. yes. So Sandy, so Sandy's about to get him on. I <laughs> will go get it. Hopefully, Caitlin don't, like, um, scream. <laughs> because that's what we've been trying to balance here. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, I'm aware. I get it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, also, you know, um, when live music opens back up again, all of the booking agencies are going to just be losing it without, we can't do anything without them either. So I should mention yep. that too. Wow. You know, that so awesome. exciting. 
Okay, here's Christopher with his question. <gasps> okay. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Okay. Yeah. Right now, my favorite food is Nikki's Coal Fire Pizza. It's pepperoni and mushroom. And then I have to say, then I would go, this is what I would do. I would go get a pizza, and then I would go over and get some ice cream, some chocolate coconut ice cream at this place called Coco's. So when you guys come to Nashville, I will tell you where both of these places are so you can go eat them. (laughs) Look at this. So good. (laughs) Question. Sounds good. And and what's yours, Lucas? Pizza. Oh, hey. We're twins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he could eat it all day If we fed it to him, he would eat it all day long. What kind bye. of cheese? Thank you. Oh, bye. Thank cheese. you. Cheese. Got it. Got it. Smart. Yeah, he, he would be pepper. He, he would be pepperoni and sausage is his favorite. Yum. Oh, yes. He, he loves pepperoni and sausage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nikki's Coal Fire. You should go to Nikki's Coal Fire when you come here. You'll love it. So good. Okay, uh, we'll have definitely have to check it out. <laughs> cool. So if you could very co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Wow, that's a great question. Um, right now, what comes to mind, um, I would want to write with Matresa Berg, who wrote Strawberry Wine, um, I got to sing one of her songs on my last record, um, and we've met a couple times. We know each other, but I haven't gotten the guts to ask her to write with me yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and um, I don't. What would I want to write about? Mm-hmm. Man, say I would want to write about truth, the truth. <clears throat> so whatever the, the truth was on that I day, love. that's my favorite thing. Is like yeah. sitting in a room with all these. Remember, three chords in the truth, right? Yep. I'd want to write about the truth <laughs> of what's going on, you know. And, and, and really, mm-hmm. a lot, most of my songs have some element of, like, hope in them. And so I would want mm-hmm. whatever it was to kind of turn it to be some kind of hopeful something. That, that is awesome. So um, this, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we, that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And the answer she gave us back then, she's pretty much living right now. I mean, almost to the T. She knew where she was going. So I want to ask you that question. Where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I want to have my own TV show, which I'm actually developing right now. It actually combines music and food. It's called Soundbite. Uh (laughs) Um, Oh, cool. It's so fun. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about it. And, um, (laughs) And then I want to be touring on a bigger level than what I am doing now. So if I could be headlining some places in five years and then doing my TV show, um, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's say that. that you you look five years, ten years, fifteen years down the road, and let's say that you can meet your future self. What would you tell her? Mm. Oh, gosh. Woo. What would I tell my future self? Yeah, yeah, not your past self, because, you know, everybody asks it that way. What would you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I like to go the other way. What would you tell your future self? Oh, wow. I would tell her that you can create anything you put your mind to. And what would you want to remind her? Because you know, remember, your pro- your future self is probably successful. You are where you okay. are now, and she will be where she is. So you're meeting her. So what advice would you, or what would you want to remind her? Oh, what do I want to remind her? Um, I would want to remind her that wherever she was at mentally on that day, that everything that she's wanted, she's gotten. So to remind her to take a deep breath and maybe find a glass of wine and just sit still for a second. (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) Um, Basically just enjoy that moment. 
Yeah, to soak up that moment. Yeah, because everything that seemed hard or impossible, you kind of look back so far anyway This is, and gone, wait a minute, I did – Maybe I didn't get it 100% the way I wanted it, but I did get it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. um, and so it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I yeah. say this still, even with what we're going through now, if, you know, you wake up in the morning and you put your feet on the floor and give thanks because it's a great day, no matter what. And, I, yeah. you know, even even in the beginning, like being a new mom has been, I mean, I'm who knows? I mean, it's funny because I say this too. I feel like I'm always going to be a new mom because I've never had a two-year-old. No, I have a two-year-old. I've never had a three-year-old. I've never had a four-year-old. I don't know what this is. Yeah. But yeah, I say, absolutely. You, you know, right? But I say, you know, and even in the beginning, having Leo, like, not being – my family's all in Maryland. I miss them terribly. But, like, mm-hmm. I say, you know, if I can wake up and give her a unicorn and butterfly day, even if I'm not feeling that way, but if I give her unicorns and butterflies – I've done my job. If I can make her smile yeah. and laugh, that doesn't mean that, doesn't oh, mean that yeah. every day is fantastic, but you know, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We love that. We definitely yeah. love that attitude. Cause we feel, we feel the exact same way again. You know, sometimes people get so serious in life and then they, they destroy the moment because, you know, a lot of times people are looking for those large moments like the play in the mm-hmm. grand Ole Opry and stuff like that. And they're right. forgetting that there's those small moments that lead there because every moment matters. And those small moments are the most precious moments because they eventually lead to the bigger moments. And then they eventually oh just God. lead like, to the big moments. What I have to share, because this just happened. This is amazing. So I have a, I have a music video called You Came Along. And I had to mm-hmm. film it because when, when my baby, when I was after three weeks after giving birth, I had to film it because it was going on the radio. And so at the mm-hmm. end of my video, you came along, I'm holding up Liel, she, my baby, she's three weeks old, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk uh, about the little, the little moments, this is so fantastic about, I think my babysitter had been showing her that and I didn't realize it. <laughs> so I came home from a right, I don't know, last week, this just started. And she goes, I said, well, what, what do you want to watch tonight? Every night we watch like, the uh, Elmo or whatever before she goes uh-huh. to sleep mm-hmm. and she said mommy singing and I'm like what because I never play that I was like what and then she goes uh-huh. it's me she goes it's me at the end of the video I'm like it is you it is you and the fact that we were able to capture Liel at three weeks she was in a video with me like and now she understands uh-huh. that that's her is like the that's a small beautiful <laughs> moment that I will never forget <laughs> you know yeah. I, wow. I love that because because you know, yeah. you know, the small. Mo- if you don't enjoy the the process, the journey, then when you do have those big moments, you're going to be miserable. And I would say, you know, and probably every artist would say this, but those big moments, they don't happen often. And when they do happen, you know you're in it because you can feel it, and you soak that up. Yep. But most of this is the journey. Most of this is those mm-hmm. small moments, the finishing a yep. song that you're like, God, that was a fun day. I really, I feel like, I feel, honestly, though, I feel like having a kid actually throws you into understanding that you're enjoying the moment. Uh-huh. You, you have to enjoy yeah, it. Does. Right? That's all. And like, <laughs> where I was looking at, I was looking at bigger picture constantly. And then I had Liel two years ago. And now I'm only looking at moments and the moments I'm with her. And then the moment I like, when I look at my calendar and I'm like, I have a right today. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm like, I'll get in the, you know, I'll be in the room and I'm like, we have these three hour chunk of time to create something wonderful. And I'm going to soak this up. Uh-huh. Whereas before I'd be like, Oh yeah. my God, am I, is this going to be a song that's going to be on my record? I don't know. I hope I'd be like all nervous now. I don't care. I'm just like, I'm in the room yeah. creating a song with You're creative in the people. Moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and that's yes. the difference between people living in the moment or living in the past or living in the future. You know, like this, you know, we, we've past has already been there. It's a learning experience. Future's not here even though we're going there, but the moment is the only time we have to live in and you got to do it now. You do. And you can, you can make it as beautiful. You have to remind yourself, you can make it as beautiful as you want it to be. Even if it just means like a mm-hmm. frozen pizza and hanging out and giving hugs to whoever's <laughs> around, like that's a beautiful moment, yeah. you know, <laughs> because you're living in it because you're living in it, you know? Yeah, we love that. Mm-hmm. So we got a couple questions left, and then we'll let you get back to your little moments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so let's, it, let's say you had a friend of yours 
and let's say him, you heard him or her singing, they got something special. There's definitely something there. <clears throat> and let's say they played maybe 30, 40, at the most 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. And But let's say they got on that stage, and they've got what every artist says, that, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Risa, I feel like – I am supposed to do this the rest of my life. This feels like my purpose. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say, I would say that yes, it is your purpose. If you know it is your purpose. And then I would say in this moment, I would say that, you know, build up, your songs, you know, write with as many people as possible. Are they, is this person living in Nashville? Just asking. Or is this, I would say, I would say, I would say you need to, you know, you need to live in one of the places where music is happening because this mm-hmm. doesn't happen on your own. This takes a village and, and it takes a specific village. So in the, if they mm-hmm. feel it at that show, I'd say move and make sit down for the next two or three or four years in a music town and write and get to know and meet as many people as you can get really specific about your team. Do you need a booking agent? Do you need a manager? Mm-hmm. Do you need a lawyer? Do you, you know, but then I would say on a piece of paper, write down exactly the places that you want to play, the kind of songs you want to write, because constantly people ask, well, who are you, you know, and what, who, mm-hmm. what is your music? And you need to be able to, yeah. in a room, explain what that is. Then I would say, um, who are the bands that you want to open for? Who are the people that you want to write with? Because when you make lists, you're going to start checking those lists become specific and, and you'll end up meeting that person at a bar. You just will, because that's what happens when you get specific. Then you'll, you'll end up writing with those people. You know, I would say um, social media wise to really think about what it is you want to put out there and be specific about Mm -hmm. that. Like for example, my platform is, is feel good. And so you'll, 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 you'll look at it and it'll make you smile. Hopefully I don't post anything that I don't feel like wouldn't make you feel good. Um, yeah, I want you to exactly. come to me and, and, and have, you know, feel better. And so, but that doesn't mean that's everyone. Someone might have a different, but what is it that you are and only consistently mm-hmm. put out what that is. And then I want to say mm-hmm. that there are people that there are people that are going to come in and say, you know, well, we see you like this. If that doesn't feel good to your gut, still follow your gut because mm-hmm. you have your own road. Yeah. You have your own road Amen. you're going down. Um, I and, love that. Yes, you know, someone someone once told me, Risa, you know, you're too touchable, and and celebrities <laughs> are are untouchable. And I'm like, Garth Brooks mm-hmm. is not untouchable, and Garth Brooks is the big. In my mind, I'm like, no, that <laughs> I, I'm doing this for a different reason. You know, that yeah, that's just so. And you 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 can and, I get, you get confused because there are sometimes really big, <laughs> powerful people telling you these things. Uh, but if it doesn't feel yeah. good to you, follow and don't do that it. too. Don't do it. I got a great example of that. Um, <clears throat> I remember back back eight, over 18 years ago when I was sitting down, I, I felt like I was supposed to meet my wife online. Yes, Sandy and I met online back in 2002. No, that was when it was I to be. It. But, but I, I felt like I was supposed to meet her, uh, my spouse online. And I remember that I had one deal breaker. Now, granted, they had to be a Christian because that's where I stood. But I had one big deal breaker, and I got put down for this deal breaker. But I knew how I wanted to live marriage. I, re- I remember my deal breaker question was always, and I went through like 300 women with this question until I found her. But oh I remember goodness. asking the question if it were possible, um, would you consider living a 24 7 marriage to build a legacy together? I knew. That's what I wanted. I knew that that's the kind of I, – I don't ask other people to live that way. That's what I wanted. I wanted something different, and I, and, and I got called all kinds of names. I got called being controlling. What? I mean you name it. I've been, <laughs> I was called it, and I, I'll never forget the February 2nd of 02 that I asked that same question to, to um, Sandy. 
And I remember she's saying, I've never heard of that kind of marriage, but if that were even remotely possible, that would be amazing. And, and, then, we, and then we went from, we chatted on February 2nd, February 4th, we talked on the phone for the first time because we're in different states. She's in Kentucky. We're 500 miles away. Then February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. So we actually were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry, and that was over 18 years ago. And this, pet, and this oh October my. coming up will be 18 years marriage. Wild. That is wild. And we've, been a 20, and we've been a 24-7 couple. I got what I pictured. Cause I, like you said, you have to know specific. You do have to know specific. And, you know, I mean, I, I have a – I mean, my husband and I, we met when we were 17, but we broke up, didn't see each other for four years, and then got back together. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know. I didn't know if we'd get back together. But yeah. he <laughs> yeah. – I married – I'm – I like married someone who I knew lets me be me as free as my spirit is. And it's because I, you know, I'll give you an example. I've played West Point military Academy a ton of times and it's, you know, I'm singing to a room full of like 700 soldiers basically. And you know, I remember someone once asked me like, does your husband get jealous? Okay. This may be TMI, but I'm just going to go there. I had one kind (laughs) of, I had one cadet that was like, well, you sign my butt. I swear this happened. And Jordan was Jordan was with me. Oh wow! Okay, my husband, my husband was with me. He goes, he's like, why not? I'm like, sure. Give me a sharpie. Who cares? And like the fact that my husband would, you know, so I'm like, does he get jealous? No, he doesn't. He knows I'm doing what I love to do, and it just leads me to these bizarre funny whatever you know and so you know in that moment that was one of the moments where I was like I made the right choice Uh, you know I'm you know you never know that was a moment yeah I can't believe I just said that on your show but that actually did happen to me how about that (laughs) Uh, I I love that so so if we get down to our last question um what is a question (laughs) that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do Whoa. Um, what is a question? You guys are normally like, you're so thorough. So I'm like trying to think. Um, <laughs> uh, That's why we're a 60 minute show because we're, you know, when we first launched the show, my my goal was to be different than everybody else. I was like, everybody get a 20, 30 minutes if that. You can't mm-hmm. get in depth. I was like, I want a, converse, a raw conversation with artists to where we can just talk about it. Heavy things, funny things, you name it. And we just get up close and personal. Wow. Um, I would say maybe, I don't know, maybe like the next project you're working on, how is it different from the first or I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe that's something. But that's um, actually a good one. So, you know, I, I guess you've got another project you're working on. So are you? I am. I, I am. I'm working. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so tell us what you yeah. can of that. Okay. Well, I mean, so my very, very first record in town, actually, it's it's funny. It's funny. It leans more actually to the pop side of country. And then I went to the uh-huh. country. These are all parts of me. Then I went to the pedal mm-hmm. steel, mandolin wonderful, more country part of country of me. And now this one is yeah. kind of somewhere in the middle of that uh, it's different and and yeah. also you know there are songs i think that i think again the truth so now i've become a parent in this time and mm-hmm. um two, two years into that and so different things are coming up in in songwriting rooms that are different for me and mm-hmm. thinking of her yeah. and um and so that part's kind of cool it took me a second to Actually, I remember I had a bunch of shows right when Liel was born, and I, I get on stage and I'm like, I'm a mom, and I'm sure people in the audience were like, okay, but it was just so different. It was like so different. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. who I was yet because you change so much. Yeah. And you, and so I'm mm-hmm. on stage being like, I know who I was six months ago, even when I was pregnant. But who am I right now? I'm so tired. <laughs> I know. But, yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but what's exciting and beautiful about country music is that it is truth mm-hmm. storytelling it's truth storytelling yeah. recorded and then live and so wherever you are there's a place for you whether you're 
20, 18, 40, 50, 60. I don't care mm-hmm. about all that age crap and all that stuff that people say. Like, I just, you have a song to write today, and you'll have a song to write when you're 82 years old. You will always yep. have a, a story to tell. Always. And, so, and that's relevant. I love that. You know, so, yeah, definitely. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I could talk all day long, I could tell that, but so much okay. comes to an end. I hate that. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, yes. if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, that would be great. Oh, my gosh, please do. Thank you for listening today and being a part of this. And um, I am on Instagram at, at my name, Risa, R-I-S-A, and the word stuff. So, Risa stuff. And then Facebook <laughs> is Risa Binder. Um, my website, which is kind of getting an overhaul a little bit, is RisaBinder.com. Uh, but I am just posting my favorite food places, my daughter, what my life is when I'm in the studio, all that stuff, mostly on Instagram and Facebook. So come find me there. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that's a wrap. I love it. We really enjoyed having you on today. We definitely yes. look forward to having you back down the road. Oh, my gosh, please. I'd love to come back. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Oh, you have a thanks. blessed day. You too. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.